for the Gamecocks, J.J. Inigbari. Lost it up, looking for Kelly. Touchdown! Can you believe it? And now, it's time for some Gamecock football. Never been more excitement about South Carolina football than there is right now. I've heard all the stories of the great George Rogers out back in 1980. He made the whole nation holler. And I've seen that photograph of young Steve Tannehill up in Old Dust Valley signing his name on the field. Yeah, and I love the year 2001 if it wins Bryce Rock. All right. Thanks to Jamie Bradford. Yes, sir. Putting that together for us. Uh, you heard some of that stuff on JB and Goldwater. This is the show, Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax. It is a Friday episode, and uh, as we do every Friday, it's Prediction Friday. No poll question today. Uh, Out on Twitter, I just said, hey, give us your prediction and where you're phoning it in from, and we've got several already. Uh, And by the way, I I made my prediction yesterday on the Spurs Up show. I'm going 21-10 Carolina, Uh, and Phil's going to give his here in a little bit. Warlick comes in with uh, 28-10 Gamecocks. R. Beatty says 38-17 Gamecocks from Greenwood. Uh, Black Garnet 24-17 Cox from the upstate south of South Carolina. Brock says 31-17 Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, KT in New Orleans. Prediction is 35-10 Gamecocks. All day, baby, Spurs up. In all caps. Rock on. <laughs> Exciting. Rock on with that. Uh, we got Dave Matter from St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the best Missouri beat writer around. Uh, we'll ask him. I got a list of questions about the Tigers uh, who unveiled their uniforms yesterday. I had Trajan Jeffcoat from Irmo dancing uh, in the video and uh, played some highlights uh, from when Jeffcoat made some big plays against the Gamecocks. So you remember Kentucky playing a highlight reel at uh, Kroger Field. Uh, before that game with uh, a lot of highlights of their wins over South Carolina. So I guess that's pretty, uh, I guess it's pretty standard. I guess they probably do the same thing at Williams Price. Um, and so uh, they're fired up, ready to go. They got their all white uniforms and the script tigers uh, on the side coming to town. They look, uh, 
Look sharp. Look sharp. Missouri, yeah, Missouri. Missouri. Uh, well, see, like Missouri's like the same color scheme as my middle school football team, DR Hill. <laughs> we were the Tigers, but we were gold and black, right? So that was uh, that was pretty solid. Uh, but anyway, that's about the only thing I like about Missouri is their colors. <laughs> and not that I dislike them, I'm just like, eh, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I help consulting mailbag. We got stuff there. We got Nana's Ports chat box rocking and rolling, and we're going to get to that before we get to Dave. And then Michael Flint in the second hour, as he always uh, joins us on Fridays before a game. Start off with Craiger, who got in seven minutes before the show started to announce it's Friday and he is hung over. Let's go. Oh, nice, Craiger. I am a firm believer that Thursday is the start of the weekend, most most weeks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, there, there's some weekends or some weekends I'll start it on, I'll crank it up on Thursday. Some weekends I'll wait till Saturday. I just, uh, I, mm-hmm. something about some at times, and I have no idea what I'm going to do later today. Uh, but uh, at times, there's something about Friday night and getting in bed, you know, eating a pizza, getting in bed, watching a movie, and then getting up Saturday and just kicking it in the face. Yeah, um, I prefer to do that rather than to have to get up and go pound a Bloody Mary or six. And, you know, actually, I never drink six Bloody Mary. I'll have one, and that's about it. But pound a Bloody Mary and eat some steak and eggs and try to get right, you know, uh, on that one. Brian says, morning, fellas. Brian sent a nice note yesterday on YouTube. He's right about the you – know, we kind of been negative this week because of all the Satterfield talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to announce this positive – uh, positive Friday. So, Feel good. Uh, yeah, there if you, you go. if you send in an email about sad or, or something like that, then you know we'll we'll address it after the game. Um, you know, next week or something. We're just gonna we're just gonna roll positivity today because uh, you know, and not, I mean, to a certain extent, as positive as one can be, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, I'm not just gonna sit here in sunshine and rainbow and be like, oh. The Gamecocks are going to win by one million points tomorrow. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) you know the stadium's going to blast off into space and ascend into the heavens. Fifty-six to three. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Uh, Board online, board offline. Says my first time listening live. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome Welcome in, board. We'll call him Bobo. B-O-B-O. How about that? Preston goes six and two. Yeah, that's huge. Tomorrow bowl eligibility. You snap the streak against Missouri. Uh, you win five straight games for the first time in a long time. Going up to Vandy next week where you'll be favored. I mean, there's a lot on the line this weekend. Yeah. And it seems we've said that in the last three weeks. But, you know, you don't get this one. It kind of pops the balloon a little bit. Uh, Michael says, good morning, fellow Gamecocks. Happy Friday. One day till kickoff. Amen. Uh, Brian says, the closer we get, the more I feel this is a close to being a get-right game. Not to overlook a tough defense, but I think if we avoid turnovers, we can run away with this one. Well, we'll know. Um, probably know about the first three or four times Marshawn Lloyd touches the ball tomorrow. Because if he yeah, gets right. <laughs> Carolina can run it. And again, look, Missouri's ranked highly in run defense. So is Kentucky. Remember, Marshawn went for 110 in that one. But uh, – I, I I look at it and I'm like, uh, you, you know, you look back and, you know, you don't, again, transitive property doesn't work, but you can dig in and say, okay, team, you know, it's not like teams have not had success running the ball at times against Missouri. They're not a stone wall. Uh, Florida went for 231. K-State went for 235. 
course, those two teams have dual threat quarterbacks. I mean, and, and, but I looked at the Florida breakdown, and it, you know, I think Anthony Richardson had like 13 carries for 50, something like that, which he normally does. He only threw for 66 yards in that game, by the way. Um, but their backs were able to get going. The Florida's running backs were able to get going uh, against Mizzou. K-State K- kind of the same way. Deuce Vaughn went completely off. Their little 5-6 running back they got out there just went off completely. Uh, I think 24 carries for like 145 yards uh, in that one. This also will be the toughest environment Missouri's played in since that Kansas State game. Uh, and I think all of their road games so far this year have been noon kickoffs. Um, people are like, well, they played at Auburn and Florida. How can you say that, JC? Well, you know, if you've watched Auburn play lately, <laughs> their fans are just sitting there looking at their watch going, when is this crap going to end? You know? <laughs> And the swamp is not – the swamp was pretty loud, but the swamp is not, you know, the it's not as loud as it may be for a 3.30 or a, or a night kickoff, you mm-hmm. know, uh, especially against a team that Florida historically struggles with, like Missouri. Um, so, you know, that and it's not a traditional rival. I think the Gators are always bewildered when Missouri comes to town. They're like, who is this team? What is Go this? Go Gators. Okay. Let's lock, lock, lock arms and sing We Are the Boys. All right. Like Ron Burgundy plays for Florida. Like, oh, I love the Gators. Chomp, chomp. 34-14, good guy, says 76 Gamecock. Going down at 4 p.m., woo. Doc mm-hmm. says 27-13, Carolina takes the win. Michael says, I see the spreads down to 3.5. So many believe this may be a letdown game. I say if we want to change the culture, we need to go out and dominate on defense and win comfortably. I agree. Yep. Um, Missouri offense is a little bit concerning for me, and, and I pointed this out today. Just because it's a different scheme than uh, uh, Kentucky and a and Kentucky and a and are, are pro-style offenses. I don't want to get in this debate, okay? <laughs> I don't want to start talking about Carolina's pro-style offense, but but they're very similar in their style of attack. Uh, Kentucky did try to kind of hit the edges and, and work uh, the outside runs against Carolina. Uh, and Rodriguez got free a couple of times, don't get me wrong, but – Carolina bottled them up at the second half. Um, Missouri's going to run to the outside. They were a lot of outside zone. Uh, that Schrader guy, we're going to talk to Dave Matter from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I think he's a great story. He runs, like, with a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, he scares me. You know, you have all, He scares me. The receiver scares me. Love it. The freshman five-star, they get the ball to him in different ways. You know, this is a more creative college-style offense. Eli Drinkwitz worked for Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson, uh, and it's kind of its own thing. <clears throat> you know, I, I remember remember when he was at NC State as the OC, and they outgained Carolina by 300 yards but lost the game. Lots of short passes, sideline to sideline, that kind of thing, you know, and, and yeah. he's got – He's got a lot of different wrinkles that he throws at you. It's not the easiest scheme to de- to defend. But uh, once again, uh, the, another, the other aspect of that is uh, South Carolina should have a decided advantage on the defensive line uh, against Missouri's. This is third straight game. They're playing a really suspect O-line. Uh, Brian says that intro gets me fired up, boys. Yep, yeah, thanks to Jamie Bradford for that. Preston goes 28-17 Gamecocks. Clint, 24-13 Gamecocks. Cynical Aries is in the house. What's up? Michael goes 31-14 Gamecocks. Uh, Phillip just goes and says Cocktober. Just keep it rolling. Yeah. More than all, I tagged y'all on a clip in response to Brad saying Spencer isn't the issue. Well, several. 
Uh, what good quarterback can't air it out in the Big 12? This is the SEC. You have to play different here. We'll get in this subject. We'll, we'll, we'll return to this subject at a later time. And, and, and look, I, I do think you make a good point about Big 12 versus SEC. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the issue. But I don't want to get into that today. No, we'll, uh, no, we'll increase no. our sample size before we start yeah. criticizing no, the offense. No, yeah, no Satterfield <laughs> discussion today. But uh, uh, and by the way, Brad and Brad had a good, a lot of good points on the subject. If you'd like to see that, I put up like his three points. They're in separate video files on our YouTube channel. It's also on our Facebook page and on Twitter. Uh, and Lady Bree, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to diminish your your points here. I just. Uh, we're going to have a moratorium on discussing that today because Brian pointed it out. He's like way too negative this week. Uh, and that's true. Gamecocks are five and two. They got a big game this weekend. Talking to a, a source inside the athletic department earlier this week, uh, the whole feeling around there is, man, this is one they have to have. So so they understand everybody's kind of on the same page as, you know, th- th- this can't be the end of the, like, boys to men, the end of the road. <laughs> Although we've come to, to the end of the road. We lost to Missouri. <laughs> it was really sad. Anyway. You're breaking uh, storylines this year. It's just you gotta you gotta break this one. You you had the opportunity to get bowl eligible last year. You fell flat. Against so many trends, it's like all these trends, and if this year is going to continue just to be special, like it feels like right now, this is you got to have this one. Got to have it, Uh, no doubt, no doubt. Got to get the the Mayor's Cup back in Columbia, and I think this this trophy is actually one where they let you keep it. Like, like I didn't know that the bottom trophy only could be displayed for a week. It goes back to a museum in Saluda. Yeah, so, like we, so, we get a, a a copy of. There's two, is what I saw. Yeah. So, so, so when A and M wins, that thing's still in Saluda. Aggie fans, if I'm Texas A and M, I'm just gonna tell them I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, you know what? We've got it. We're gonna keep it until you win again. Yeah, I, I wrote today. This is not a Big Ten. You know, it's not the Big Ten because they have trophies for almost all their regularly play games in the Big Ten. They have an axe and a barrel and all this. My favorite one is Floyd of Rosen. It's a golden pig for Iowa and Minnesota. That's the best. Floyd of Rosen is my favorite trophy uh, and all that. Phillips says 1913 USC. There never was an of. Yeah, we need to just forget that entire era. You know, kind of a rather cartoonish era in, in the University of South Carolina history. Uh, thanks to a rather cartoonish uh, type of, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, it, it's hard for me to criticize Caslin a lot. Uh, I don't think he did a particularly good job with anything except the pandemic. Uh, I do respect him as a human and, and someone that served our country and all that. So it's hard for me to be critical of him. But man, oh man, the, the way he showed his butt walking out the door and his kids, his kids are awful. You know, they're, 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 they they take shots at South Carolina. Like, I, I noticed they've shut up because mm-hmm. after the Georgia game, they were just crowing and talking all kinds of smack, and they've, they've been awfully quiet lately, awfully yep. quiet. But the of was, a, I think, was during his uh, his tenure. Yeah, 2019, so, yeah, that was yeah. in his uh, – uh, Amorides, I think, is the name of the, the new president. Uh, he doesn't – he ain't going to play that. He's back to he's back. We're going. He talks with an accent, too. It's funny. He's like, we're going back to South Carolina. <laughs> that will be the University of South Carolina. Oompa. 
He's Greek. 3017 Gamecock says Dexter. Cam says 2017 Cox. Lady Bree, I still think we went by 20. Uh, Carolina Empire right now. He goes driving to the beach. Man, I wish I was going there. You know what? Yeah. I, I was uh, in Chicago area. Chicago land, I guess is what you call it. Uh, when I used to watch the Cubs on WGN, they're like, you're Chicago land area. I'm like, oh, where is Chicago land? Is that like Disneyland? No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> There's no magic kingdom here. No. There is a big Ferris wheel, Donald Blake. But anyway. Cost uh, of living's about the same. No, no crap. Yeah. <laughs> no crap. You, you pay everybody here. It's like, you know, we try to try to plan a wedding here. It's like, you got to pay the napkin person, the tablecloth person, the DJ, the DJ setup person. You got to buy insurance for their equipment. I mean, it's like, everybody's like, yeah, pay me beef sandwich. Yeah, pay me cubs. Yeah, pay me bears. Yeah, pay me Polish sausage. You know, it's crazy. Uh, but enjoy the beach. And what I was going to say, Carolina Empire, it's uh, I thought last week when it was 70 and sunny here all game day, I just sat outside and pulled my TV out there and watched ball or watched it on my phone. Mm -hmm. uh, until the Gamecocks came on. And uh, I was like, I was kind of sad because I was like, this is the last, probably the last good day of weather we'll have here. Because when I moved up here, it snowed on Halloween. Halloween's a couple days away. Uh, but tomorrow's forecast, 66, not a cloud in the sky. Oh, Gentle nice. breeze. Oh, yeah, dude. Get so another I'm like, one. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Um, but enjoy the beach anyway. 24-13 Gamecocks says Sonder. Uh, lady says we should score over 30. I hope you're right, man. I think, I think, I think that would be great. And I don't care how they do it. If they have another defensive touchdown or a please, freaking, you know, yeah. um, and I said, I said, uh, I guess on the Spurs up show yesterday, I was like, the, this game could play out a lot like the Troy game last year. Uh, Troy's kind of a similar, and look, I know Missouri's better than Troy. They have better players, but South Carolina's a better team than they were last year too. Um, but you remember how that game, it was kind of, you know, Carolina got some things going on offense. It wasn't pretty all the time. And they had a drive to win the game at the end. Troy really struggled to score against the Gamecocks. They popped off a couple runs. That was it. Had Jamar Brown not fumbled at the one after picking up the ball. Uh, you know, and it was also a 4 p.m. kickoff. So, you know, and, and, and as far as the type of team that Missouri is, that that's they're kind of like, Style and again, they're an SEC team. They're better than Troy, but style-wise, they're kind of like that Troy team. Uh, good morning, Gamecock fam. Thirty-two seventeen Gamecocks from Lada. Uh, Bobo Bobo thirty-one twenty-one Gamecocks. At least one non-offensive touchdown. John's in from the Pacific Northwest, Bellingham, Washington. Thirty-three to twelve Gamecocks. That's an interesting score. It is, but you know, uh, if I with Beamer in his era. They've mm -hmm. had some kind of cattywampus scores like 50 or 46 because they go for two all the time, you know, yeah. a lot. I put so, that in my score prediction from last week, and they yeah. went for it. We just, you know, weird. Justin goes 27-17 Gamecocks for Pickens. Ooh, enemy territory, right? Mm. Jared, 34-13, go Cox. Craig Norris, not Craig-er, says 38-17 Cox. Seth, 32-16 Cox from Sumter. Cam says, you are what your record says you are. Bill Parcells. Love me some Bill Parcells. Stay focused, execute, do your job, come away with a win. Craig says, really enjoyed beating D.R. Hill in eighth grade for Grenard. That was uh, the, uh, the the whole Grenard and Ewing thing. Those are the Gaffney Middle Schools. Uh, mm -hmm. They uh, It was East and West Gaffney. And then when I was in, I think, seventh grade, it changed. 
Grenard was really good. Uh, they were really good at basketball when I played. Uh, I don't. I think we lost to them in eighth grade. Uh, but I, I had a good game. I caught like three passes for sixty-seven yards. Nice. And I had a sack on defense, but we lost forty to <laughs> forty to six. So, yeah. Todd Ellis sees Drinkwitz in public. Pub, pub, Drinkwitz in public. Punch him in the face. Boom. Hurt me. <laughs> Craig Craigers not messing around. Says seventy six Gamecock early bird gets the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, John goes laid him out. Are you kidding me? Lady Bree says positive Friday. Love it. Yes, ma'am. My boy Bird goes. Thank God. <laughs> seventy six. I'm not reading that. You shouldn't have sent it. Uh, but board on lot says I'm good with Bobo. And I know seventy six. You're just joking. Uh, Brian says, I felt kind of like a Karen leaving the comment because I don't want y'all to take it the wrong. I love the show. You guys have been following JC for years, and he has always been the absolute best in the business. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I like doing this now, too, you know, more so than just the writing and national recruiting and stuff. I, I've mm-hmm. kind of – I'm still involved with recruiting. I still follow it and know stuff. But I, I kind of – this is kind of a nice second act for me in my career, doing the show mm-hmm. and – the videos and interacting with you guys every day. Mr. Eco Priest says 3114 Cox winning listening from Ridgeland, Mississippi, which is famously known in these parts as the home of Stone Blanton. It's going to be really good, really good player for Carolina. I think I'm high on Stone Blanton. Lady mm-hmm. Bree says Missouri has a better run D than UK. UK's D numbers don't match how they actually play against the run. I said that weeks prior. Missouri, on the other hand, is definitely decent against the run. Yeah, I'm just looking at the numbers and you know, whenever you play Mississippi State and Leach isn't going to run it, you're going to have better run D numbers. And, uh, you know, Ole Miss – see, just like, just like you know, Ole Miss was able to run it on Kentucky pretty good. Um, other teams, not so much. Uh, yeah. You know, Florida wasn't able to get a whole lot going. But uh, Kentucky and Missouri are very s- similar in terms of their, you know, their spider web teams. You get caught in that web. Um, bet your 401k on the money line, but we won't cover. <laughs> I don't know, man. The line last time I checked, oh, bar stool is down to four. Some, somebody says down to three and a half. Yeah, I wonder. So, uh, I'd love to know where the money's coming from to buy that down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Lady Bree goes, I'm not worried about their O, they are very perimeter heavy. We've done well against that, and they're that way because their O line isn't very good. Yeah, smart, smart of them. Uh, old Buzz McAllister is a good play caller and has a punchable face. By the way, there is a poll up on our YouTube page that says, does Eli Drinkwitz have a punchable face? <laughs> Craiger goes 33-13. Luke says, tuning in from Chapel Hill. Been watching y'all since Kentucky week. Hope we get the good mojo going. 32-23 South Carolina. Nice. Uh, and Lady says, uh, I wrote that before y'all said positive Friday. Yeah, no, it's okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, okay. No worries. Uh, Craiger says Spencer did have guys running wide open at Oklahoma. Yeah, there's some guys open at Carolina, but I don't know. Uh, Twisted Chicken says 27-10 from Fort Myers. Uh, five, Cam says five and two and a half. Y'all could only see the issues. Uh, B.O.B.O. comes back, says be careful singing boys to men, guys. You sound so similar, you might get a copyright flag. No crap, man. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, they'll flag you for anything on this. <laughs> <laughs> JC and Phil are going on tour. Maybe says 24-16 Missouri. Ah, ooh, the, the ooh, proverbial turn ooh. in the punch bowl. Come on, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, Eeyore. 
Oh, hitting the let down button. Come on. I don't snuffleupagus or Eeyore one. Take your pick. <laughs> I think Missouri's gonna win. I don't know why we even want to go play the game. <laughs> All right, maybe come on, light up, man. That's okay. You can pick Missouri. It, it, it's a thing. Uh AJM2 says conversation would be pretty boring if all we did was talk about what's going well. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, it, I it's cool. Yeah. We can talk about whatever. I just, you know, I, I think I think to be coming off of a week, and, and I was probably guilty of this too, Phil is, you know, to a certain extent as well. But, you know, I, I, Brian was right. I, you know, you think about the whole show and, uh, you know, and then our guests too have been like, Hey, the, you know, Keith, Brad Crawford, you know, Bradford was somewhat positive this week. So we'll, we'll see about that. Ron says, I don't care if it's two Cox. I'm coming from Greenville. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, yeah, guys, let's drop that here. I did drop some clips to Twitter and Facebook about breakdowns. Check them out. And we can discuss their all positive vibes. This will be an offensive breakout game. And yeah, you can look at lady breeze handle here and go mm-hmm. check out all of the breakdowns on, uh, on Facebook. Um, uh, or, I mean, sorry, YouTube. I'm sorry, YouTube. Because we our YouTube channel subscribed to that the other day, so I can check it out, too. Maybe it was, I just don't feel good about this weekend. I hope I'm wrong, but this is a classic chicken curse game. <laughs> I don't know. AJM2 uh, says, Missouri's awful. No need to sweat this. It'll be closer than you want it to be, but we'll win. AJM2, if Carolina wins by three points, you can't come in here and bash the team like you did with AJM. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer Vetter goes 35-17. Shane Train from the nation's capital. Tristan's in the house. I'm here. Get, let's get this party started. Uh, and he's from Blackville, the great town of Blackville, South CAC. Blackville. Yeah. Uh, AJM2 says you only have to win two phases of the game. We have an elite defense and probably the top special teams in the nation. Tristan comes back. Give me the Cox, 28-14. Uh, Dr. Chandler says 17-13 Cox. Rick from Jacksonville, home of the Gator Bowl via Goose Creek, a talented musician. We're gonna get Rick's music on here one day too, because we, we won't get copyright flag for him. I've got I gotta send you some. I've got it right here. And um we gotta get back. We gotta get we got some production stuff we gotta get on, but that's fine. Uh Farty says I really need to hear Todd say hurt me on a call. He did it after the the, the kickoff. <laughs> yeah, the opening it was kickoff. A, it was a hurt, it was either a hurt me or boom, or it was a it was hurt me before boom. Yeah, he he gave the hurt me. (laughs) Jafaller, Semper Fi, Jafaller, and Phil. Thank you for your service. Sorry, I was reading something else. Oh, no, it's all good. (laughs) 45 14, good guys. Rakeem says, I've checked some highlights last game and been noticed Juice getting double teamed a lot. Could be another reason he's not getting the ball as much as we would like. Perhaps, perhaps. I, you know, I I think you got to kind of scheme around it, but that's good. Jay McKeon says 27 23 Cox. Uh, and John, JC, what do you think about the jumbo two tight, two tight end package with Atkins, the younger in motion being our base offense? Seems we always go to it. We need a touchdown. So I, I like it. I, I think Nate Atkins is, is kind of in the mold of like Pat DeMarco, Adam Prentice, mm-hmm. those guys that have just blocked over the years. Well, dare I say Lenard Stafford, <laughs> dare I bring him up? Remember, uh-huh. remember uh, Spurry used to call him Leonard Stafford. Leonard. Yeah. Leonard. All right, we got to hit a break. We got Dave Matter, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We're going to talk a little Mizzou and get an opponent scouting report from him. But we gotta, we'll get him on here right after this break. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be back after these messages. 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? One zero zero one is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington, half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge 
former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss at Colwell Banker Kane Realty here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for all of your residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. And we're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by Dave Matter from the St. Louis Post and Dispatch to talk about a little Mizzou football. How are you doing this morning, Dave? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Happy to have you, man. Yeah, Dave, great to catch up, man. I think uh, back when I was a recruiting analyst, we talked a few times uh, yeah. about recruiting and stuff. So good to catch up and see. Always been a big fan of your work. Oh, thank you. So this Missouri football team's coming in. I read your piece about uh, Cody Schrader. I wanted to make sure I didn't call him Corey Schrader <laughs> uh, today. What a story. I mean, this kid was at Truman State. Uh, that's a D2 school, right? Right, right. Uh, probably, you know, Always wanted to play for Mizzou. I think he runs with passion. Uh, kind of inspiring, actually, to watch. Uh, and uh, according to your reports, he's going to get the majority of the carries this week. Uh, you know, your thoughts on him and, and kind of what impact he has on that Mizzou offense. Yeah, it's a great job. Callum McAndrew from our staff actually wrote that story. And oh, gosh. Okay. He did a great job. But, yeah, um, it's been a, one of the more remarkable stories of this Missouri season. You know, he's a guy that entered the portal after last season. He led division two in rushing 2000 yards um, was kind of undersized, not the fastest guy coming out of high school, could not get a sniff from a power five or even an FBS school out of Lutheran South high school in St. Louis. Uh, so he went to Truman state and was a great player there. Uh, that's, you know, a couple hours kind of Northeast of, of, uh, of Columbia and jumped in the portal, Missouri, Took him, kind of fly, took a flyer on him. Didn't you know? Thought maybe he'd be a special teams guy and maybe help out with depth. Uh, did not envision this kind of role for him. So in some ways, it's kind of a reflection of what's going on with Missouri's running back situation that this guy won the job. But he he was really good in the spring. He was really good in preseason camp. He's a really good blocker. Uh, he does everything well. And you know, lo and behold, he's held onto the ball better than the other starter, Nathaniel Pete, transfer from Stanford. And he played really well last week. So they're going to give him the – they're saying that the, the primary running back job going into this game and um, tough runner, you know, and and he's been – that's been a sore spot for this team, the offense obviously, but the running game as well. But he's been he's been a bright spot. 14 carries for 84 yards in a 17-14 win uh, against Vandy. Uh, you know, you talked about the Missouri offense. Obviously, there's not a, b- a bunch of numbers uh, that have been put up out there this year. It's kind of – uh, a little different than from what we're used to with Missouri. Uh, when you look at them last year, it was the defense that was the bugaboo. Yeah. They're playing well. This year it's the offense. Uh, what do you make of Missouri's offensive line coming into this game? Because I, I think that's probably a big key, that and Brady Cook a little bit. Uh, but what's your take kind of on uh, how the Tigers are in the trenches facing the, the South Carolina defensive front this week? They've, they've really struggled there. Pass protection has been not great at times. Um the run game, run blocking has, has been worse. Uh, they've let up a lot of negative plays. It seems like everybody has a, a season high in tackles for loss against Missouri. They're constantly playing behind the chains, you know, second and long, third and long, because they give up a, a four-yard loss on just a routine running play. 
up until last week, the O-line was really struggling with penalties, a lot of holding calls, a lot of false starts, just at, also just the most inopportune times, it seems. They've got three seniors that start. Uh, they do have a redshirt freshman at center, Connor Tollison, who's just basically learning on the go. Uh, he's had his ups and downs for sure. They've got a right guard who's a, a playing his first the first time, Mitchell Walters, who's kind of gotten thrown into the fire. So it's been it's been a real challenge. They've had injuries. You know, they're they're starting right tackle, a guy who started every game last year, almost every game. Hyron White was expected to be the guy this year. He got hurt way back in I think January, um, lower leg injury, and he hasn't been able to play. Then his backup had a season-ending injury at Auburn. Mm. So they're essentially on their third right tackle and. Uh, it's just been a it's it's been the weakness really, and it, you've got a, a young quarterback who's limited in some ways. Doesn't help when he's got pressure in his face all the time, and you know having to be in second long and third long all the time. It seems like. With that said, Dominic Lovett is uh, one of the better receivers statistically in the SEC. Uh, you know, is that something that you think South Carolina will have to do? Is 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 but contain him? Why do you think he's uh, got all these catches. Is, is it a yeah. situation where he's maybe like one of the only guys? You know, uh, your take on his season so far? He was he was an outside receiver last year as a true freshman. Played a bunch, but didn't get many touches. They moved him into the slot, and that's been perfect situation for him. He's kind of a matchup guy. You know, linebackers can't cover him. Uh, you know, you, you can move a corner over there, but that makes you a little weaker on the outside sometimes. And he's just developed a really good chemistry with with Brady Cook. Uh, he, he had an ankle injury that slowed him down for a while. You know, when Missouri was leading Georgia at halftime, uh, you know, he got hurt right before, right before the break there, didn't mm. play in the second half. And it really, it really slowed down their passing game. But when he's out there, uh, he's a weapon and he's really developed nicely as a second year player and somebody that, you know, you got to be mindful of where he is just because of the connection that he and Cook have. Talk with Dave Matter, St. Louis Post Dispatch, Missouri beat writer. So, on the other side of the ball, uh, I, I I've been very impressed with, with what Missouri's been able to do and how they've been able to turn it around this quick. Um, what do you think the, the secret is? I, you know, I thought last year Wilkes as a coordinator maybe made things a little too complicated, like a lot of NFL guys do. Uh, I really like the defensive coordinator now. Yeah. You know, what do you, what, do you think it, it's that? I know they've added some guys from the portal. Just give us your overall impression as to why. Uh, this defense went from, you know, one of the worst in the country to, to one of the better ones. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of factors. For one, Blake Baker takes over as defensive coordinator. He's kind of simplified what they're doing up front. You know, the D linemen aren't asked to do a whole lot other than just get up field. It's a one-gap scheme, so they're not having to decide, hey, where do we need to go on this? They just need to go forward. And then they went out and uh, hit the portal pretty hard at some key positions, and they went out and got power five transfers who were good players where they were before not just bench guys who you know didn't play a whole lot Tyron Hopper linebacker from Florida has been really really good uh, Christian Williams is a D tackle from Oregon who has played well Jaden Jernigan the D tackle from Oklahoma State so they went out and, and uh, Joseph Charleston from uh, from Clemson as a safety who's been really solid in the back end so they went out and found guys on defenses and in programs, frankly, that are better than Missouri. So um, maybe they just weren't happy for whatever reason at their place. Uh, and that has really upgraded this defense and combined it with some pretty good players they already had who weren't having much success in last year's scheme. So you add it all up, and that side of the ball has been really, really good. Uh, they don't necessarily get a lot of sacks. Um, their turnovers are decent, not a really high rate, but they're really good on third down. They get off the field when they need to. They tackle pretty well. 
and they're just playing really well together. The, the problem is the offense has been so bad at times that there's so much on the defense's shoulders. They have to carry the load, uh, but they've done a pretty good job. In, in four SEC games, they've allowed only seven offensive touchdowns. Last year, after four SEC games, Missouri had allowed 22 offensive touchdowns. So they cut it you know, down to a third of it. So they, it's, it's like night and day. Yeah, I think I watched every play of that Tennessee game, oh, Missouri, last year. That was something else. Um, yeah, Missouri got both Tyrone Hoppers out of the, the portal, yeah. the North Carolina and Florida. The Florida one, to me, is is the stud. I guess South Carolina recruited him. He's actually from Gaffney, South Carolina, originally uh, – you know, played in South Carolina for a little bit before moving to Atlanta. I, I think he's a big time difference maker. Trey, speaking of South Carolina guys, Trey John Jeff Coat, uh, as a source of of much contention in Gamecock land because the previous coaching staff did not offer him. He ends up going to Missouri. I knew his high school coach, and uh, I guess things didn't work out. But boy, he's been all SEC. Uh, he seems to have had kind of a resurgent year this year. Yeah, you know his his production probably peaked in 2020 when he was all SEC. And last year, I think there was so much pressure on him and he put a lot of pressure on himself to put up these great numbers and be an NFL draft prospect. And it just, the first half of the season, he struggled. He played a little better in the second half. This year, the numbers, the the sack numbers, the pressures maybe aren't as high as he'd like, but he's playing on a deeper line. So he's maybe not having to play as many snaps. So he's been, he's been pretty effective a really motivated guy. Uh, I think he's developed into a pretty good kind of veteran leader. I'm sure this game means a lot for him. Not, I think two years ago he had an injury and couldn't play in the South Carolina game. I believe he had a concussion. So I'm sure that this game will mean a lot to him. Um, you know, a guy that's fortunate to be on the team, he had to leave the program for a while, but left the university way back in when Barry Odom was the head coach. And then they were, he, he was allowed to come back under Drinkwitz. So good player. And I, you, you know, a game like this means a lot to him. Yeah, he was he was in the uniform reveal tweet, yes. dancing. Yeah, that's by design. Yeah, and those are sharp uniforms too. I, I kind of like that. Uh, I like the I like the script tigers. It's kind of cool. It's my, my middle school football color, so I like it. There you go. Um, okay, so are Missouri people happy with Eli Drinkwitz? We had Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast on, uh-huh. and he was saying, you know, from what he heard, if they'd have lost to Vandy, there could have been a change. I I, I don't know. I was going to ask you. I just. Uh, to me, it seems a little premature for that. I think, you know, 2020 was certainly a really good year considering it was all SEC schedule. I thought they battled back well last year to get to a bowl. Uh, what, what's your take on that? What's your take on Eli and uh, his status at Missouri? It seemed like the fan base kind of turned on him after their Kansas State loss back in week two where Missouri was just barely competitive. It was 40-12. to 12. It was really 40-6 to because they scored a garbage touchdown in the last second. Um <laughs> And they weren't competitive at all, going back and playing an old Big 12 team. The K-State's good, but I don't know if they should be that much better than Missouri in year three of a coaching regime. So it seemed like fans, at least the ones you hear from that are vocal, um, really what all the goodwill that he built up in 2020 and then with, with the recruits that he assigned, it seemed like all of a sudden now uh, fans were, you know, there was a lot of unrest. I'll say that at the same time, they've had their three biggest crowds under Drinkwitz in the last three home games. Hmm. Uh, so fans, it's it's not like they're boycotting the team or anything. They're still showing up. Um, I, I think this people expected maybe a little bit more by year three. And I think a lot of it just comes down to the quarterback situation. And this is an offensive coach, offensive specialist, and he, he just hasn't quite gotten a, a 
franchise quarterback who can be a big difference maker in the SEC and that seems to be kind of holding back, you know, the program to some degree. He's kind of figured out the defense now and his third coordinator. And, you know, the recruiting is still solid, but what's going on with the offense? So that's, that's I think, the root cause of some of the unrest right now. I, I don't think he's in danger. He's in year three of a six-year contract. You have to go back to 1930s, the last time Missouri didn't give a coach a fourth year. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there really has, is an appetite to make a big change here after two and a half seasons. Um, but it hurts, you know, the, the trajectory when you see Shane Beamer in year two at five and two and nationally ranked. When you see Josh Heupel in year two, having a, a playoff caliber team, you know, outside the SEC, Brett Bielema over at Illinois, which is kind of a regional rival in Missouri, year two, and he's got Illinois in position to, to win their division. Uh, even Kansas, you know, with five wins. That's oh, that has to kill. You know, so mm. I think when you put in context of where Missouri is in year three compared to a lot of other programs, just isn't making that same progress. I forget. I didn't. I didn't even think of the Illinois Kansas angle because yeah, I know Missouri fans would probably rather, rather play those two teams every year than, than South Carolina and Georgia. But it's uh, it, yeah, I didn't think about that. Plus the division. Yeah. So yeah, Illinois has been a big story. Um, Luther Burden, uh, obviously a stud recruit. Obviously he's made some big plays this year. How, how do you anticipate them using him, kind of moving forward? It seems to. Have, yeah, there's some question about his touches earlier this right. year, but it, it seems like he's kind of coming around. Um, your take on him? He, he's another guy. He's had a little ankle injury, so that slowed him down. Uh, he's also kind of going through freshman learning curve. Uh, at one point, he was leading the SEC in drops, so he hasn't you know helped himself at times when given opportunities. You have this passing game that that is very incomplete. Uh, Brady Cook's doing all he can. He's a really tough quarterback, but he's 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 not you know on, in the top tier of SEC passers, and you've got issues on the offensive line. So you trickle that down and, um, you know, he's not, Burden's not going to come out there and have a hundred catch season as a freshman. I don't think that was ever realistic. You see in glimpses and flashes of his potential. Um, you know, he's, he scored a couple rushing touchdowns. He's got some passing touchdowns. He has a punt return touchdown. Uh, so, you know, I think compared to maybe what the expectations were, it seems like a down year, but as a freshman in a struggling offense, uh, I, I do think he's done some really good things. You know, he they like to play him on the outside. Um, you know, they've, they've got Dominic Lovett on the inside, so that's worked out for them. So they have Luther outside. This is the first time he's ever gone up against grown men in college football. He's going up against 20, 21, 22-year-old cornerbacks from Georgia, from, uh, you know, it'll be South Carolina tomorrow, obviously, but they've, they've played Auburn. They've played Florida. These It's a different kind of caliber of competition than what he's ever seen before. So that – that's an adjustment. He's not used to being covered. Um, so I, I think all in all, he's doing some really good things. The expectations by folks like me and folks that do cover recruiting probably, you know, had some outsized expectations. The fans certainly did. Uh, but, you know, it, it's if he looks at Dominic Lovett and sees the progress he's made from year one to year two, uh, that's a really valuable kind of role model or just, just a, an example to show that, hey, it is okay. You can get better as the season goes on, as your career goes on. It doesn't all come instantly that first year. Uh, Missouri's dealing with a, a one big injury, Landry, on the D-line. Is that is that recent or is that uh... – He got hurt uh, last week against uh, Vanderbilt. And he's part of their depth. and He doesn't start, but he's, he's one of their D-tackles that comes in and plays. They're really, they're really deep along the defensive front. So they might have to play a freshman who hasn't played yet just to get him – 
get some of those starters some rest. Gotcha. Okay. So did you, were you at Florida and Auburn when they played there and Kansas state? Yeah. Uh, so I've been, I've been telling people, I think this is probably going to be one of the more charged atmospheres uh, because when you play at Auburn in Florida at noon and with the way Missouri plays, they kind of take the life out of you sometimes. Uh, and I know Kansas state was a big time crowd. It always is. Would it be fair to say this is probably the toughest environment they've come into since K-State? Probably, you know, just with the, the being a little bit later in the day. And then just what, what South Carolina's doing right now. You know, they're on a roll. Uh, those I, I watched the A&M game. I mean, that place looked electric. I've always thought, you know, this is um, Missouri's, what, 11th year in the SEC. And, uh, you know, williams Bryce is I say it's one of the most underrated atmospheres in college football. It's probably not fair because that, you know, that, that gives the – that indicates that it's – that people don't think it's very good, but you think of LSU and Alabama and, yeah. and all those places that are more known, but, but South Carolina is right up there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great atmosphere. So for the players on this Missouri team that haven't played there, and there are some, um, and you know, two years ago was COVID. So it was a reduced. Sorry, nobody was there. <laughs> They're in for a great, a great atmosphere. You know, the really good teams though, they feed off of that instead mm-hmm. of letting it become an obstacle. That was, that was one thing that Gary Pinkle learned, in the SEC, and it, it he used it to his advantage in 2013 and 14 when they won the division. He told the players, "Hey, instead of going in and be like, oh gosh, this this great atmosphere at Florida and Georgia, how are we going to respond?" He said, "Instead, enjoy it, like let soak it in, and then let that atmosphere charge you up for the game even more so." And it did for those teams. You know, for this team, I think it's still learning how to deal with you know playing in a new place that's going to be loud and crazy and packed and all that. Cool. You heading to Columbia, South Carolina for the game? I am. Uh, yep. I'll be flying there uh, later this evening. Yep. Well, Dave, safe travels, man. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your Friday to join us here. And, uh, hey, man, maybe next year we'll get you back on and, and talk Mizzou again. It's always a, a pleasure to talk to you and uh, learn a lot about the Tigers. Okay. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Tremendous interview with Dave Matter, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yeah, man. I learned a lot. I learned that Eli Drinkwood's sitting on the hot seat. <laughs> no, not as much as would be perceived. You're right. Yeah, I think David. And I, if I'm Missouri, man, I don't. You got a lot of good young players on this team. Uh, they had. They do. Have a, I meant to ask him about Sam Horn, a four-star quarterback who I loved coming out of Georgia as a high school player. Um, they have Sam Horn, I think, waiting in the wings, unless he's hurt or something. But uh, man, I. Uh, uh, I would I would give him a little bit of time. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that you've solved the defensive issues, I'd give him a little bit of time. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that'll know. keep you in games. I mean, especially in this league. Sure, I think it'll keep them in the game Saturday for sure. Um, Nana's Sports Chat Box, Lady Bree. Uh, okay, so maybe says I just think if Beamer retains Sat, it means something changes over the next five or six games. Well, that would be good, right? <laughs> I don't care. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd like nothing more than for being Phil to be sitting around, God willing, two years from now doing the show and say, man, remember when everybody wanted Satterfield fired? Yeah, man. How wrong were we? Oh, man. Oh, boy, he's blowing up now. You know, coaches, mm-hmm. coaches sometimes evolve, but, you know, I think what Crawford said yesterday, if, you know, and I, I don't know how you do this midstream. Maybe you, maybe there's a way. Uh, to 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 simplify like the offense conceptually, the cadence, the play, all all that you know, um, not necessarily the plays. The plays are good, but 
I mean, I don't know, man. And this is just me. And I'm not a football. I'm not a football coach. Uh, I could be a personnel guy, but I'm not a football. I'm not a coach. I would have the simplest daggum way to teach my offense on earth. Yeah, I just call it. And, and you know, like like Coach Spurrier's offense, it was not. It was hard. It was hard to adjust to because of the receiver. In other words, in the, in the fun and gun, your receivers read the play and read the defense. That's that's why when teams kind of started, uh, Spurrier wasn't when, when he in South Carolina, he wasn't able to audible as quickly. Um, teams were disguising their coverages better, sending zone blitzes and things. Uh, that's why it wasn't as dominant, you know. But in that offense, you know, your, your receivers, in other words, you know, if they read, they, they go off the line, they read. If it's cover two, they go this way. If it's cover three, they go that way. Or they run to the open space, quarterback throws it, boom, timing. And uh, But those plays are all called like steamers and mills and yellow jacket and gator and bandit and everywhere he's coach, devil, you know, that kind of thing. One word, but man, I would even go beyond that. Yeah, colors. I'd, I'd be like red, blue, yeah. Red, red, and then I'd have five yellow. different, hmm. you know, five different plays in each category. This is red three, guys. Let's yeah. do it. Um, and, and then I'd, I'd like, I don't know. I'd, I'd put I'd probably do is switch it up every week. You know, like have have a always have the plays one, two, three, four, five, and they're similar. And then I would, you know, I'd probably go like, okay, so this week, group A is going to be red. Group B is going to be purple. Group C. And then I'd have a corresponding emoji and the little guy like with the with the poster board over there saying like, yeah, it in. Have you like three guys holding up sheets. Yeah. Spencer Rattler <laughs> looks like he has an iPad on his wrist. I know. <laughs> so anyway, but I said I'm not gonna talk about that. Lady Bree says Mizzou is just not a big time program and they can't expect much. USC took many years to become a destination spot. And even now we're just getting that going. Well, yeah. Uh it, look, Missouri's overachieved since they've been in the league. Um and it's kind of funny because when they came in, I, I expected both them and A&M to get boat raced. That's why sometimes mm-hmm. when I talk about Texas coming in, I, I kind of – it gives me pause because I'm like – but but I, but I personally think Texas is soft, and, and that's a different issue. Missouri was never soft. Um, but a friend of mine, because we, we were talking, I was like, well, A&M going to struggle. Little did I know Johnny Football was on the roster because he was the 15 quarterback, uh, and they were 6-6 six six under Mike Sherman. I was like, a and probably going to struggle, and then Missouri's just going to get blasted. And the first year they kind of did, but a friend of mine that's from Texas that I worked with told me, look out for Missouri, man, because they do as good a job as anybody in the country at finding defensive linemen and having a great defensive mm-hmm. line. Uh, and that's back for them this year. They found a lot of these guys. Um, and under Gary Pinkle, they won those divisions, man. They were really, really good. Uh, up front on defense and, and like guys that you'd never heard of <laughs> and they were really good. Uh, so um, that's the deal there. Uh, oh, 76. I missed this for Dave about uh, corners. Going to be a long day for Missouri tomorrow. Yeah. I didn't want to Dave's a neutral, you know, uh, sports journalist from a newspaper. He's, you know, we, we don't, yeah, we it's don't want to attack our uh, guests. He may be a he may be a Mizzou grad like a lot of those guys, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to talk smack to the old Dave Matter man. He was really good. Easy says I would still be concerned even if he turns it around Satterfield because I'd be concerned about it taking half the season next year to get new players up to speed again. No time for that. Well, let's say he does turn it around. I think regardless, if I'm Beamer, 
I'm mandating a, a, a total simplification of how you install this thing. Yeah, if you want to have plays that are somewhat complicated, that's fine. Uh, but I would just shoot. I, I would almost rather Marcus Satterfield be running his offense. He ran at Chattanooga. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he, Keep OC, simple. Yeah. or Tennessee Tech. I mean, he was. They went up and down the field there. I mean. Yeah, keep it simple. Uh, Lady Bree says, sometimes when you're super smart, you can understand why others are understanding what you are. I went through that as a coach for years before I realized I had to dumb it down some. Yeah, can't understand. Yeah, well, the best the best coaches know how to teach it, know how to coach it, know how to call it. Um, I think he can coach it. I think he can design it. I think he's got great ideas, but uh, don't know about calling her. I, I'm breaking my own rule here, aren't I? Phil. I need to shut up. I'm going to shut right. up. We're, they've drug us into it. Go ahead. Oh, it man. That's okay. I, well, you know, we're not being critical. We're just throwing around some. Yeah. Uh, just kicking yeah. around some. Money. Lance goes, holy hell, JC for OC. No, 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 no. Lady Bree or uh, some of our members, Ben Briner, who writes things for our site. Um, those guys are probably more qualified than me. I don't know if any of them can call it, but uh, they sure <laughs> as heck can talk about it. I'd be, I, I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably do like Spurrier and design my own. I'd like name it after uh, restaurants in Spartanburg. You know, th- this is called Simple Simon. It's called Simon's. It's called Beacon. Simon. That's right. Beacon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is called The Peddler. This is. <laughs> we're running weeds. We're, we're going we're gonna to put in Papa Sam's. We're running weeds. Wade's left. East roll. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, Lance says, why not, JC? Think you can dial up a few? I, I don't know. Because I, I can't read defenses. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't. I I would probably be more like, like a savant doing that. Like, just throw it to the open space. <laughs> yeah. Some guy was, that's what Spurrier was. First time, just throw it just something. Man, shoot, put it where they are. Yeah. Just go right over here. <laughs> I, and I'd call it crap like over here because I, I trip up on saying things like the boundary and the hash and all that. I'm like, just <laughs> over there, just to the left. <laughs> City range right on too. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, but see, if if I did Greenville restaurants, my playbook would be as big as Marcus Satterfield's because there's oh, so God, many yeah. restaurants in Greenville. Yeah, way too complex. Can't yeah. go to Greenville, man. You got to stick with Spartanburg. It's too complicated. That's right. <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's it. Lance says that works, and uh, Lady Bree did say Missouri does a great Missouri does a great job of finding hidden talent for sure. That program's always done that. Always um, and good. We'll, yeah, yeah. And to give oh, Eli oh. Drinkwitz. Even though he's got a punchable face, and that poll on YouTube is like a bunch of yeses. Uh, even though that's the case, um, I, uh, I what I like about what they're doing is they are going into uh, St. Louis getting guys. Uh, mm-hmm. They're getting the guys out of their state. That, that state produces probably the same amount as Tennessee. Popul- population wise, it's about the size of Tennessee. But they they they're, they're like Carolina used to be in the nineties where it's rare if they get a player and then East St. Louis is actually in Illinois. Right. But it's, you know, and they, they, those guys go national. And, and so Mizzou's always tried to break in uh, and they actually have done a pretty good job of doing that under Drinkwitz. So I, I feel like that, uh, you know, he's got it going in the right direction, uh, not just from finding player standpoint with the portal and all that, but also, 
you know, some of these high school guys like Burden and those guys. Sorry, we got to take a break. Uh, it's the top of the hour. We'll be right back after these messages. I'll, I'll, I'll get you the punchable face poll numbers here in a second. Right here, inside the Game Pass Show. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting 
ninasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax. Second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team and Remax by the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a Burgesson. That's B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N for all of your commercial or investment real estate needs. Uh, Michael Flint should be in a little later for us to talk about that. Got, JC, but, he's got uh, the carpool. Yeah. How, uh, how punchable is Drinkwood's face? According to uh... <laughs> the, it was a little less than I guess some Missouri fans may have come across. Or so. uh, I, well, I, I forgot the question I had was the most punchable face in the sec. Oh, and so some no, people no, were like no, Lane no, Kiffin. No. I don't know. I'm, Maybe maybe when Kevin was at Tennessee, but I've kind of got I kind of like him now. You know, I, I don't I don't want to punch him in the face, but uh, you know, some people may say Mark Stoops. I bet Keith would. I bet Keith would say oh, Mark yeah. Stoops. Keith would probably say Keith, Mark Keith's Stoops. got it out for him, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a celebrity in here. He's actually tuning in on Facebook. John Barber, JBK, my boy, one of my really good friends. He says, "Quit being so modest, JC. You would call it very similar to the HBC." <laughs> I do wear a visor sometimes. Flattery will get you everywhere. Craiger says the ink and ivy reverse, man. I've had some. That's right. I've decent, seen, yeah. I've had some Rick decent Irwin's times right. in, that, in that dang place, man. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Eco Priest, JC and Phil, is their position group for Missouri you think is better than the same position group on our team? Their front seven may be comparable defensively. Because a hopper. I may go linebackers, linebackers, but, yeah. But I'm not, you know. A lot of people beat up on the Carolina linebackers. I think I think Sherrod's playing pretty well. Johnson had his best game against A uh, and M. I thought so. You know, that's uh, that's the deal there. But uh, linebackers, but uh, you know, I probably would not take their secondary over Carolina's receivers. Receivers would be closer than you may think. Running backs, no. Quarterback, no. Tight ends, no. D line, I'd probably give the edge to Carolina. Offensive line, definitely Carolina. So uh, that's it. Lance goes, you know what I've seen lately? Is Carolina's been finding three star guys coming in and playing above their skills. Yeah, that's, that's normally happened here with this program, Lance, especially like in state guys. Yep. You know, and, and you'll get some guys out of Georgia and, and, and Florida at times that are that play above their ranking. Pharaoh Cooper out of North Carolina was a guy that played above his ranking. So. Our best uh, so, years are, are full of that storyline, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's so much of it, too, when you, you know, the evaluators don't all, you know, they'll tell you, we don't we don't sit there and just rate guys highly that are going to this school or that, but when um, you got one offer or two offers, that that does count. Like Nick Ibanwari and D.Q. Smith, I mean, shoot, they, t- they flipped D.Q. Smith from Georgia Southern. He was committed as a quarterback. Uh, and then Emin Warry, I think, had Carolina, Virginia Tech, and that was it. Mm. So it's hard to get traction. Uh, Easy says, let's get drink fired, and he could just stay in Columbia and start getting ready to be our OC next year. Ha. <laughs> you know, that almost happened. If BMAC had not come back and won the Outback Bowl, uh, I got it on good authority. Muschamp was hiring Eli Drinkwitz from NC State. Uh, Doc said old drink would have been smarter to stay at app and wait for a better opportunity. Yeah. And this is interesting too. my understanding about him. Uh, Cause when he was in the mix for the Carolina job, 
you know, I got a lot of feedback is he's very ambitious. And you can tell when, when he entered, you know, he, he's kind of a guy that you can tell he's got some ambition. A little ego, yeah, some ambition. Yeah, he's doesn't like to be the second banana. Uh, Brian says, what's the story with Alshon and Lane Kiffin? It's exactly as it was told. Lane Kiffin says you'll be pumping gas if you go to South Carolina. And uh, Alshon laughed about it and went to Carolina. Smith, my man Smith from Greenville, South CAC. Mizzou brings a lot of exotic blitzes, a lot of disguises in their coverage. Just look at how they played Georgia. Yeah, they gave Georgia some problems. Now, Georgia kind of went through a two-week period with Kent State and Missouri, of all teams, where they they couldn't sustain what they've been doing, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if they let up a little bit or what. Well, they came right back and blew away Vandy and Auburn, and I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they hung half a hundred on Florida <laughs> uh, in, in, in Jacksonville because uh, Florida's defense, here's a little secret, Florida's defense is very average to below average. Um, so – uh, that's the deal there. Um, blah, blah, blah. What do you think Muschamp's best eval ever was? Edmund is a pretty good one, too. I'm going to say DJ Wanham, and I'll tell you why. DJ Wanham was committed to Indiana as a tight end. A borderline two-star guy. Uh, that recruiting class in 2016, say what you want about Will Muschamp, that was one of the best pieces of recruiting I've ever seen in my career. Um, it only ranked 25th. There were some guys uh, as classes that you put together and inherit uh, in 30 days normally are. But, you know, you know that, that class, you know, first of all, Muschamp didn't really flip a whole lot of guys after that, but he, he the flipper is what his nickname was, and he flipped a lot of dudes. That class had Brian Edwards, Jake Bentley, uh, Jamarcus King, who say what you want about Mike Williams dragging him in the end zone. Uh, he helped win that Tennessee game that year from junior mm-hmm. college. Kill Pollard, who made his share of plays. Uh, Ranricus Davis, who was still on the roster this year <laughs> for a while. Rico Dowdle, who's in the NFL. Kobe Smith, who was a good four-year player. Um, TJ Brunson, who got drafted in the NFL from Richland Northeast, flipped him from Louisville. Uh, DJ Wanham, who's in the NFL. Sedarius Hutcherson, who was a heck of a player. Um, Parker White came in then. They got uh, – he didn't actually start playing until the next year, but he's in that class. Javon Kinlaw, uh, they signed and placed, or, or they got him and placed him during that class too. He technically signed the next year. So for a first class, no, there were some 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 donkey uh, type evaluations in that class too, but that was a really good class. But I, I think Wanham was probably his best. I, I think he did a did a great job there. Rick Young says Stoops, he's totally punch, punchable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Quantrill says, wasn't DJ a track athlete? I don't remember. I don't remember. And I'll tell you this too, this Edmund thing, uh, just talking to some sources that were on that staff, some good ones. When he got there, they didn't think they're surprised. They were surprised. Even though it was their eval, you know, they were like, eh, we didn't see that one coming. So there we go. Quantrell says Rashad Fenton was a great one as well. Actually, you know, uh, Quantrell Whammy did that uh, after they lost Mark Fields and Jair Alexander. That would have been a great eval, by the way. Jair was like a three-star guy. Nobody cared when he flipped. He went to Louisville and he's still in the NFL. Uh, They went down to South Florida and uh, got Rashad. Uh, Remember Quantrell, he had the kickoff return. Did one 
really one thing his first year, return a kickoff like 96 yards for a touchdown against LSU. Um, Rico Dowdle was fun to watch when he's healthy, says 76. Yeah, Dowdle was a good evaluation too. Sean Elliott, Bobby Bentley on that one. Uh, Craig says Ikes would be a steamers. That's true. Mm-hmm. Ike's, Ike. I forgot Ike's. about Ike's when I was talking yeah. about Spartanburg restaurants, man. Uh, Brad and McElwain, Ryan Holinsky were not good evaluations. It's a shame on Holinsky. McElwain. That was just a completely weird situation altogether. Both those guys had similar issues in terms of application, I guess. <laughs> Adjustments. How about that? Adjust. And, and look, to Ryan's credit, he made it all the way through the 2019 season and did some good things. And, you know, he just went backward. <laughs> you can't go backward. Um, he said, Gilbert, uh, Craig says, Gilbert reminds me of more athletic Norwood. Yeah. yeah he's about, he's five inches taller than Eric, though. Yeah, he's a bit taller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I ran, Eric's such a good guy, man. I ran into him in Atlanta at Dive Bar, gosh, about two or three years ago when I lived there. Super person. Um, but he's about my height. I'm right at six foot. Um, Doc says Holinsky did get frost fired. Yeah, I don't think they've won since then. No, no, they have. They have yet to win in the continental United States. <laughs> they lost to Southern Illinois, Miami of Ohio, Southern, not Northern, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio, and and they lost to Duke at home. And buckle up for that big Iowa matchup this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smith, Smith says McElwain and family had a lot going on off the field, so to say. Oh, I remember Miss McElwain took me to task because I said Jake Bentley's the best quarterback on the team, and then she I think she implied a lot of nasty things about me and the coaching staff. That was a big deal, you know. I remember uh, that, too. Yeah, she did. She blasted you all over everything she could get her hands on. That was fine. I was just telling the truth. It's not like I didn't like Brandon McElwain. Yeah, you didn't uh, say he was bad, yeah. <laughs> No doubt. All right. J-Rock says, is DK the biggest wasted talent for the must-champ era? Karen Joyner, looking back on it in hindsight, J-Rock, and I don't want to say that I had this hot take because I I, I probably would go back in time, speaking of punching people in the face and punch myself in the face and say, you need to start clamoring for Joyner to play quarterback after what we saw in the bowl game last year because those offenses during that era would have been better off. Now, I don't know that Mike Bobo, you know, gosh, who's the guy? DJ Shockley may have been a little similar. I mean, I don't know about Mike Bobo mm-hmm. doing, but uh, BMAC probably could have schemed something up in, in that system. Um, maybe says Helensky wasn't really a guy you could say was a bad eval. He could have gone anywhere in the country, so everyone was wrong on that one. Yeah, you know, Carolina beat Georgia on him and – Georgia was the number two. So, yeah, Kirby Smart and those guys. Uh, Sussler says he unless he stunk at Northwestern, though. Yeah, and he had such a good game against Nebraska, and then just fell off the planet. Off yeah, the planet. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quantrill says, has there ever been any Carolina or any football commits that Carolina has had that ended up choosing another sport that you thought could have been a heck of a football player? Uh, Well... Some of some of them have come like Corey Jenkins came back, right? Um, who could have been a heck of a football player? You know, and Bruce Ellington came back to yeah, football. came and played both. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I tell you, a guy that's played basketball here recently, and uh, his dad probably I, I told his 
told his dad this one time off the record, and uh, uh, he didn't respond because <laughs> I think he was sick of hearing about the sports. Uh, Frank Martin's kid, Brandon, could be an amazing defensive end. I mean, that guy's tough as nails. He's big. He's athletic. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, that mm-hmm. guy could could be a heck of a defensive player, but he's a basketball player. Uh, so there's that there. All right. Is Flynn in yet? No, no, still waiting. Carpool. <laughs> oh, we got some more predictions in uh, here. I help consulting mailbag uh, area. All right. Patrick goes 2110 cocky from a mail truck in Western North Carolina. <laughs> Boy, I wouldn't want to deliver mail there, especially when the weather was bad. Ooh, yeah. A couple months. That's got to be rough. <laughs> mm, that's going to be tough right there. But thank you for delivering our mail for us, Patrick. Uh, Curse Light. The team doesn't use their full state name 20, Gamecocks 19. Mm. Curse Light picks against the Gamecocks every week. Oh, um, yeah. But but he also sent me the I, I curse. I didn't, I think I like this, but I didn't see it. Uh, he sent me a picture of the new way. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. I remember. Seeing okay, that. I forgot about this. I'm saving mm-hmm. it because I'm going to put this up somewhere soon. <laughs> Long live the new way. Hey, boy, that would be a good that'd be a good role, man. Tomorrow, if the weather was nice in Spartanburg, hang it the new way and watch the game. That'd be good. Yeah, I think Curse Light Carolina's been winning, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh he's been picking against them, so he's continuing to just continuing to do so. That's yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> keeping to do that. By the way, I just retweeted Dave's uh Dave Matters uh podcast from this week. If you guys want to check that out, um get to know Missouri a little more tomorrow or or, or something like that. But uh those are all the score predictions from all over the place. Uh okay, so Tristan has a, an interesting email. Uh, he says, speaking with a trusted source, he said that our receivers aren't very good. This is the I Help Consulting mailbag, by the way. And they wouldn't start for any other SEC team. I find that hard to believe. Wells, Van, and maybe even Brooks would start on most other SEC teams, I feel like. And Amari Brown's a speed weapon we haven't utilized. What's your honest opinion? I think the truth lies somewhere in between, Tristan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, shoot, George, Georgia's not overly deep or skilled. I mean, they got a lot of kind of just guys at receiver. I mean, you have Lad McConkey is your best wide receiver. There. <laughs> Lad McConkey's their best one. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'd like to have Juice Wells. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I know uh, Juice would be good fit there. <laughs> Alabama, Alabama at this point has a lot of guys with potential. Uh, they'd probably use Juice Wells. Uh, you know, Tennessee – Maybe, maybe not. I'd like to see. I'd like to see what happens in that system. I mean, you know, I think Arkansas. Could, I mean, you know, Arkansas has a lot of guys from the portal that are, you know, talented. But they, you know, they Hasselwood's had a good year. But uh, no, I, th- I think there's a lot of a lot of teams. Yeah, you know, Mississippi State, maybe not because they've got a bunch of older guys out there. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, Missouri, maybe. You know, I mean, there's a lot of schools uh, around the league that I think. Uh, Brooks and uh, Wells would start at maybe Van, maybe Brown. Uh, after those guys, uh, I get it. You know, it's not it's not that deep of a group. You're but, a little thin, um, yeah. That's right. Yeah, but I, I mean, guys have been getting open. I mean, it's usually bad receivers, and, and look, they haven't dropped passes like like they've done 
you know, they did a couple of years ago. You know, there mm-hmm. hadn't been the drop. Uh, I say that, but I mean, there were a few drops the other day. Bell dropped one. Brooks dropped a couple. But uh, that that's going to happen. And then when you throw Jaheim and Austin Stogner in there, maybe even a little Trey Kenyon, I, you know, I think as far as just like your overall receivers, you know, South Carolina's in much better shape than they were. Now, uh, last year, absolutely. Carolina was thin as paper. Um, 2020, same deal. You know, uh, Josh, I mean, Josh Van and dot, dot, dot. Last year, uh, the year before, you had Shy Smith and dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's just one of those things. But, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily agree with, with all that. I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that they're good enough, right, to have a good passing game. And it's not – I wouldn't throw them under the bus with it. Now, you know – Again, don't want to get into the subject too much, but when you take guys off the field, how do you know? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh, they're, they're not. They're not that good. Why is Juice Wells coming off the field? That kind of thing. Um. Okay. Michael calls in. All right, Michael, listen. Uh, he's talking about system and scheme and what uh, – or didn't call in. It's, it's, it's uh, the email, the, the I Help Consulting mailbag. Uh Ooh, not, we'll, we'll talk about that skill, the scheme and stuff, because it'll be applicable win or lose on Monday anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, same with you, Tristan, about Lloyd, uh, same with Chavis. And uh, he's talking about Lloyd's carries in the first half. And, you know, uh, that subject that we're not going to kind of spend a lot of time on today. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach says, I'm surprised we hadn't seen Landon Sampson yet. The kid from Texas. I, I don't know what's up with him. I heard, I heard it, practice hadn't been going super-duper for him, and they think he's a redshirt. So we'll see what happens there. Jared comes in strong. Uh, 24. Yeah, that's about 24. Jared says, why are they still talking about A&M week after week? They keep losing and sucking. Well, they've had a little drama out there. So it's- yeah. Jimbo, and, and, NIL, and I, all sorts and, of, yeah. <laughs> and like, like I said, I don't think the media likes being wrong and they hyped them. Uh, I think because they like the fact A&M spent how many million dollars on a recruiting class because they have mm-hmm. an agenda. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of the, the worst take ever if you, if, about the sport of football that, oh, you can just go buy a freshman and be fine. Um, there's a lot of complications that come with that. Yeah, uh, it's the worst bust in regard to expectations preseason this year. So they're going to get talked about. And lot. historically they have been Phil. people, Carolina people don't realize just how care, how similar to South Carolina, Texas A&M's been through. Yeah, these. Which um, sucks that they haven't, you know, that we didn't win more of those games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I, and I think too, it's like, uh, yeah, they don't like to be right. And then they don't like Jimbo because he makes too much money. Right. They're, they're anti-coach. So that's probably why they keep talking about him. It's a same reason people like slow down at Rex when, when you know on the interstate. Sadistic. <laughs> B-O-E-O Bobo says that's an interesting thought about the receivers. It seems like with some more sure-handed guys, Rattler's stat line will be at least 10% better for the season. I don't know. I don't think they've had all right. So so let's think about it. Arkansas game. Brown had his hands on one. Maybe yep. Spencer kind of overshot him. Jalen hadn't – Brooks hadn't dropped anything all year. Neither has Juice. Except for Jay- that one last week. Yeah. Brooks yeah, last last yeah. week, yeah. Bobo, it, it, it was bad. It would have been a lot better last week had it not been for the drops. So they got to they gotta fix that. 
you know, if it's probably not something they have to fix, though. So that that's the deal there. Yeah, and Xavier will get the two obvious. Oh, against the state. SC state game. Yeah. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. that may be if you total them all up, like the absolute drops, Bobo, you may be on to something. That may be 10%. That may be 10%. But, you know, um, Craig says Landon uh, Samson has is 175 pounds, needs to get bigger. So, okay, that's fine. Um, Pharaoh Cooper may be the best, most underrated receiver ever at Carolina. He was our lone bright spot when he was here. That's true. Pharaoh. Pharaoh. He got, he got drafted, though. I'll tell you an underrated receiver was Nick Jones from Burns. Yeah, the governor. Dude, Nick Jones. <laughs> Nicky, Nicky Jones, shoot. Nicky Jones. <laughs> uh, an example of, of Spurrier being a little bit more in tune with good personnel than Spurrier Jr. When Nick was a freshman, because he had he had played for Bentley at, at Burns. He knew how to – Burns kids know how to run routes. You know, mm-hmm. they do that all summer. And uh, – Spurs, I was like, well, shoot, I like this little Nicky Jones. He, he, you know, he's, you know, like he's like our receivers at Florida. He sticks his foot in the ground and goes. And then DL Moore starts for the next however many years, finally gets kicked off the team, finally. Uh, and Jones comes in there, then the outback ball, he goes off and he went off. I mean, he, he was really important and really good mm-hmm. for the rest of his time in Carolina. Um, Easy East says only a few things are certain in life. Death taxes and AM Texas, Miami, and Notre Dame will be ranked and overhyped every year. <laughs> I'll disagree slightly on Notre Dame, but the other because they've been to the playoff and stuff. They're just uh, they had a coach, you know, they lost their coach. Everybody said, Well, y'all oh, shoot. Every yeah, everybody's like, Oh, Marcus Freeman will just uh, dominate. Pick Brian, right back Brian, up. Yeah. Brian Kelly wasn't that good anyway. Well, who's good now? I mean, uh, Brian Kelly, and then Brian Kelly loses uh to Tennessee and Florida State. Everybody's like, I oh, he's garbage. Um Who's laughing now? Pants off old Miss. Yeah. Pants off old Miss, and they got a showdown coming up with Bama. Meanwhile, Notre Dame has been just garbage this year. That's rough to watch those games. Mm. It is. I mean, you want to talk about watching paint dry. It's it, it's tough. It is tough. Uh J Rock says, I still think Landon will turn out good for us. I agree. Yeah. Um Landon, I don't really follow players' parents on Twitter. Um so, but I know his dad was really excited about the program and active and fired up, you know, but you got a kid that's been playing ball. I mean, red shirt is hard. And when you're that far from home, sometimes it's even harder. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not starting a rumor that Landon Sam was going to transfer or anything like that. I just, JC uh, Sherbert says, yeah, yeah. Zach says, Kenny McKinley was a good pickup too. played quarterback in high school. Yes. Lou yeah. Holtz wanted him to come run um, the option. <laughs> Lou was like, I'm tired of skip spread offense. After they got me 63-17, Lou, Lou kind of pulled a Brad Scott. Like, we're going to go back to the future, and I'm going to run my offense. And uh, we're not going to run this spread anymore. You can find me an option quarterback. And I'm going to call it just like I called it at Notre Dame. That was a huge mistake. It worked the first game. Lou took over. Carolina was five deep at running back. They played Jay Cutler in Vanderbilt at Nashville. Uh, my friend Skipper, my friend Joel, and myself, I was living in Georgia at the time. They swung by. We drove through the night to Nashville, sat there all morning with my friend, other friend, the late great John Manning Vhorn, pounded beers, walked in the stadium. Uh, everybody was talking about Bandy beating Carolina because Cutler was so good and all that. Uh, the Gamecocks just lined it up. And ran it and ran it and ran. Summers ran it. Boyd ran it. 
Uh, Dacus Terman ran it. Seville <laughs> Newton ran, ran it. Uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, and they beat him thirty-one to six. <laughs> I think Jamacia Jackson had uh, like a ninety-yard pick six or fumble return or something like that too. But then it just didn't work after that. We played the University of Georgia. And, well, we lost. We were up sixteen to nothing and blew the lead. I got to work on my loot holes. Yeah. <laughs> just there, just in there. Uh, Ashley chimes in. Landon has been on the field this season briefly, but got the game regardless. Can't remember which game, but definitely noticed him out there. Thanks, Ashley. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can still redshirt uh, even if you've only played if you played in less than four. Yep. Uh, so that's Jared. Ask what I call a hundred thousand dollar question. Do you think Spencer will be back this year? My answer is I don't know. I would be lying. And I would be intellectually dishonest if I if I speculated on it. I I think that uh, there's a chance, and uh, I can just go ahead and tell you, uh, you know, contacts. Uh, we used to I used to call them sources, but John Whittle doesn't like the word source. And I started I just agreed with him. I was like, I don't like it either because people like sources are this, and sources are that. I mean, it's like yeah. a self important thing now, so I just call them contacts. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell their contact that mentioned it. I'll just I'll throw that out. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling you that. You know, uh, I will it happen? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, John says Dakis Turman was tough as nails. Yeah, you remember the uh, at the end of the first Spurrier season, uh, he was kind of that number two back against Florida. He played really well. Um, Lady Bree says no Savell talk. It's positive Friday. Yeah, Savell Newton, he gets after it on Twitter. Yeah, he does. I I enjoy reading it. I mean, it's fun. He's a fun read. <laughs> he's a little. He's a little upset with the offensive output this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, join, welcome to the club. Savelle was a heck of a player, though, man. A heck of a yeah, player. he was. Um, Craiger says JC's memory is incredible for all the beers he ate. Malted obs and bong resin, right? <laughs> I can't. Hey, I can't it take credit. Takes for a that. lot more than duct tape to keep this together. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Tommy Boy. He says his multidobs and Uh Yeah, thanks. Uh, Sussler said I heard Ryan Bruce say Holtz would call plays from Notre Dame, and no one knew the play, and he would tell him to run it anyway. Oh, yeah. well, no, no, no. There was there was a story there at practice, and Holtz calls gold or something. Gold. And they didn't run gold. He, he threw his hat down. I can't repeat the words he used. Well, mm-hmm. earlier, earlier that practice, apparently Matthew Thomas had gotten thrown out of practice. Remember Matthew Thomas? Heck of a receiver yeah. got in trouble mm-hmm. so many times. And uh, Skip came in and was like, hey, Coach, uh, we – we have not put gold in at South Carolina. That was a play we put in at Notre Dame. But if you'd like to, we can put gold in right now and run it, Coach. Holtz picked up his hat, the little Carolina football hat he used yes. to wear. Went off, just walked off the field, got in his golf cart. and Because uh, he used to practice like closer to the, the, the road, which I thought was awful, but that's another story. And he goes all the way and then – Thomas is walking with his helmet, and Holtz pulls his golf cart up to Matthew. He's like, you're just getting a golf cart, Matthew. And Thomas just gets in the golf cart with Lou, and they go, boom, let's ride back to the building. <laughs> I'm riding off into the sunset with Matthew Thomas. Uh, John makes a good point about my Lou Holtz. He's like, your Lou Holtz sounds a little too much like Carl from Caddyshack. License to kill gophers. They're it's similar. A, it's a mix of Kentucky bluegrass and uh, California Sensimia. So, uh. 
<laughs> but I love that. Knows, and they get stoned with Jesus. <laughs> That's good, Phil. That's awesome. Lady Bree says a lot of speculation on Rattler returning now, and I thought he would preseason, actually. But if he really breaks out this back half, maybe he goes pro. Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on if it makes sense. I know he's relatively happy at South Carolina and enjoys playing there. Um, Jared says Savelle was a killer. So much athletic ability. Yeah, the the, the bad yeah, thing. What an athlete. What killed it? What 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 kind of kept him? I think for being in the NFL, to be honest, is and this is my honest is the the Achilles injury. Uh, think about this. You know, Coach Spur, Coach Spurrier loved him. Coach Spurrier thought he was a player. That's why he kept playing him at quarterback. Um, so Carolina didn't have a lot of running backs that year. They had Terman. They had the first Mike Davis, Bobby Wallace. And South Carolina just couldn't couldn't get it going in the run game. So Spurrier finally figures out, hey, shoot, we're going to put Savelle at running back, wide receiver, and quarterback. And they played Vander again. That, that was the next year they played Vandy and Jay Cutler, and it was a really close game. And Savelle goes off. And I think the last play he scored a touchdown on, he blew out his Achilles. It, it, if if he would have not done that that year. Because South Carolina did win the rest of their games, except Clemson and then Missouri in the bowl. I think that first Spur South Carolina team wins, beats Clemson, they win the bowl. Uh, and it, it, the next year, people are like, man, this team's going to be really good. Because he found Spurrier found something there, and it was only like a brief moment in time. Uh, because I mean, he was just that good of a player. Do we have Wando yet? No, no, I'll let All you right. know. Yeah. But we need to hit Car- a break anyway. We do, we do. do. I haven't even heard from him on the phone yet, so I'll probably uh-uh. him see Well, let's he hope. Uh, Maybe he forgot. So, John goes, so I have that going for me, which is nice. So I have that going for me, which is nice. nice. <laughs> Man, I can't even think about Bill Murray these days without, like, getting sad and stuff. Hey, Lama. It's like finding out there's no Santa Claus. Like, oh, Bill Murray's a complete jerk. What? We were, my, uh, Mrs. and I were driving around Sullivan's Island one day on a search for Bill Murray. Uh, <laughs> That's and, awesome. Uh, well, we found Darius Rucker instead. Find a damn way, dude. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back to wrap it up. Prediction Friday right here inside the Gamecocks, the show, JC and Phil. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA mid-amateur tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington 
half hour, hour, on course. She'll play nine or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. uh, It's unrivaled uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, Go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show this is braylon wimmer south carolina gamecock baseball and you are listening to inside the gamecocks the show with jc and phil go cox welcome back to the show everybody second hour of the show is brought to you by the burgesson team at remax at the lake give adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a burgesson that's b-e-r-g-e-s-o-n at remax.net and JC, I don't know. I, I haven't been able to get in touch with Michael yet. So 
<laughs> ah, it's all good. There's no telling what he's doing. No, it, 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 it's, it's like it's like uh, wedding crashes. He's like, Mom, Mom's up there. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, like, if Flint misses uh, it today, I'm sure there's a good reason. Uh, Stacy mm-hmm. doesn't know there. She said, "What do you?" He said, "What do you mean, no Santa Claus?" I need to watch that in case kids are listening. Because I do I do have some friends who their kids listen. But they're like 10. I don't know. I kind of found out on my own. I found this robot, right? And I got this Omnibot for Christmas one year. Uh, and it was in the attic up space upstairs. I just happened to like open that up one day. And there it was. Yep. Yep. I found a That's- chemistry set under a bed one year. And I was like, oh, God. I was disappointed. <laughs> I think I cried. I don't know. Um, anyway, I got flat out busted being the tooth fairy one night. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ah, yikes. What, what do you have in your hand? Ah. All right. You know what? <laughs> you should have put on an actual fairy costume, Phil. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine waking like up little, to that? Full, full makeup. And like, hello. <laughs> Yeah, she, she wakes up and you're like, oh, hello. Ding. No, just, just kidding. Jared said, I'm starting to sound like, have you seen my stapler from the office space? My, my, my stapler, the red, red stapler. Red. I'm going to burn down the building. I'm going to burn down the building. <laughs> Nick says, hope Lenora signs. Ah, you know, it's up in the air. They're, they're trying. That's about all I can say on that. By the way, speaking of recruiting, shout out to Pup Howard. The Gamecocks linebacker commit. Yeah. He got invited to the All American Bowl in San Antonio, which used to be the Army All American Bowl. I think it's Adidas now. Uh, but yeah, he's going to San Antonio, man, playing with the best of the best. So it's always good when your recruits get in those games. Uh, and there's team only just uh, wrapped up the division, too. So he's having a hell of a year. Yeah, he is. And he's also a, a big time recruiter for this team. <laughs> he really, <laughs> really likes that getting out. Uh, 76 says, must be honest, I'm puzzled and frustrated about DK, DK situation too, like Savelle. I hadn't heard much feedback, but seeing DK in high school was all just like the UNC game. I wonder how have we missed on him? I, I've said this, I, I said this, you know, and look, I wasn't right about it. This is not something I was right about for forever, okay? But I thought that after the bowl game last year, he, I think he's a quarterback. And I think that's exact. That's all he is. You know, maybe you could have put him on defense because he's a bigger, athletic kid. Maybe he could have been a running back. I don't know that he's a receiver. You know, I don't know that that's his best spot. Yes, it's just one of those things. I mean, I'm. I think if you talk about nil, uh, that's probably a silver lining with this whole situation because he has gotten a lot of good nil deals and he's getting paid, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, AGF2 says Muschamp screwed over McElwain and DK big time. Dude, I disagree on McElwain because Jake Bentley was head and shoulders better than him. And McElwain yeah. didn't do – just like Helensky, McElwain didn't, didn't do a lot that he was supposed to do. Um, DK, I could have made, I made a, a case for him. You know, uh, in 2019, he came in the Georgia game and – Held him in there. I mean, didn't turn it over, completed a pass. That game kind of was, you know, Helensky had a really good first half in that one, but that game kind of, you know, you get somebody out there that doesn't know what the heck they're doing, screwing around. They're, you know, Georgia's going to turn you over. 
uh, and he didn't turn it over, managed the team, did well, uh, did well. Uh, Ashley said Flint's trying to get his camera to stay upright. <laughs> Good thing. No, no, no. Uh, Craig says maybe Flint feels like me today. All right, Bl- <laughs> Bloody Mary. All right, so so you, you've got two options, Craig. Okay. You can either – you can go one of two ways. You can either hair of the dog and start sipping, pop you a beer, choke down the first one. When you get to beer number three, I guarantee you you're going to feel fine. Or you could take vitamins, eat a big old chili cheeseburger, pop two Advil PMs, take a three-hour nap. You'll wake up and at least feel like your head's not about to explode. Trust me. Oh, uh, Clint, Clint begs the question, <laughs> why does the Tooth Fairy have a mustache? <laughs> uh, it's because the Gamecocks keep winning. That's right. Yes. I'll be the Easter Bunny. I'll be the other guy. You know, Why does the Easter Bunny have ridiculously long hair? <laughs> Tooth Fairy manifests itself in many forms. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, I got to come up with a uh, uh, Halloween outfit for next week. I uh, uh, ask about Jaden Baugh from Decatur, hmm. Columbia. I do they have a shot? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, maybe I don't know. I have to check on that. I know he's announcing. Uh, that's a 2024 kid. I need to ask Hale. <laughs> uh, 2024 is kind of off my radar. So I'll get you an answer on that, Clint, next week. Uh, Brian Beatty says three weeks from now they're going to do a segment on Phil's mustache on college game day when they come to town to watch us take the balls behind the woodshed. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see that? Oh, I gotta, oh welcome. Reese Davis. Phil. Yeah, yeah Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Jared said, how did McElwain go from a potentially high baseball recruit to absolute squat? Said he, sad. He's a good kid. Well, I don't know. It's baseball, sometimes those highly rated guys don't turn out. But uh, I that that's always what confused me was like, sure, football, look, true freshman. He went in there, did the best he could. Jake was better. Uh, baseball? Why was he not as good? And, you know, the answer there is, yes, he's a good kid. But sometimes when you go to college, you're you're making adjustments. You know, that's why freshmen don't always play, you know. Um, and, you know, he didn't really give it enough time to, to, to make those personal choices that he needed to adjust. Um, AGM2 says, of course, Bentley was better than McElwain. Muschamp didn't screw him by benching him. He screwed him by letting him sign when he knew all along Jake Bentley was coming. Yeah, but you, you realize there was one quarterback here, Perry Orth. I mean, he needed, yeah, you needed more than Perry but, at that and time. I think they knew Connor Mitch wasn't sticking. So, uh, and Jake, that was the plan was to redshirt him. You know, they, I don't know. Uh, Craig says, I can't drink while blowing glass, JC. But he did just have a Jersey Mike steak and cheese. That's that's money. That's mm. money. Did you get the kahuna cheesesteak? I love that. The big kahuna. Oh, yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that may be. I think, I think the missus has cooked lunch for me, but I, I would definitely get that right now. Um, if Muschamp had been honest with McElwain, he might have gone with baseball and at least have some money in his pocket. I just, I just can't get I can't get behind criticizing Will for that. I just, uh, you know, Roper already liked him because they they had recruited him before. I mean, you know, you, you don't Jake, 
you know, you didn't know for sure because Jake had to finish some classes. I mean, Bentley, Jake, Jake Bentley had to finish. So, so, so let me ask you this, AJM2, okay? You go recruit. McElwain was already committed to Carolina. So, you know, Jake had to take a class in, in South Carolina to graduate, right? I think he went, had to take it at Spartanburg High School. Uh, what if Jake doesn't pass or, or let's say Jake has a situation where he can't take the class and he can't do that. So I, you know, man, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that I, I just like Ryan Helensky, uh, I blame Ryan Helensky for what, what's going on. And same with Brandon McElwain. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that was an issue at, at all. You know, Muschamp doing it. And honestly, uh, the, the kid went all the way out to California to Cal, which wasn't very good at either sport, and couldn't do anything there either. So i i uh, i don't I, I don't know that Muschamp was being dishonest with him. Um, now DK, yeah, you you could probably make a hindsight argument about him playing quarterback. Uh, Clint says this ball kid's visiting tomorrow too. Okay, well that makes it if he's deciding, maybe he visits and gets it. Um, that's negative talk though. And it's positive Friday. True. John mm-hmm. says any Intel on the Auburn commit. We're looking at as a safety. He's actually Terrence love is listed as a safety. Uh, yeah. Carolina uh-huh. wants him as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's six. He's six, three, 205 pounds right now. So he'll probably get to about two thirty. Yeah. Uh, and so I, th- I think he, I mean, he, he, he's, uh, he's listed that, but that, that's, uh, when they lost Jaden Robinson at linebacker. Uh, you can connect the dots there. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a guy there. Phil Stash would get to make the celebrity pick on game day. You see me sitting up there next to Pat in between McAfee and uh, Herb Street. <laughs> yes, Quantrell says wasn't there a base? Yeah, Mac, no, not McAfee. Mac. I, I don't. I don't mind don't like, McAfee. Don't like I don't. McAfee I don't mind him. I, li- I just don't like him on college game day for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Quantrell says, wasn't there a baseball recruit from Blythewood that was a heck of a receiver? Don't remember the name, but dad was on the staff. That was Deke Adams' son, Jordan. And he was a heck of a football player. Uh, but Deke went to North Carolina and was the coach in there, so that's who he signed with. I mean, he wasn't coming anywhere else. Um, Ashley says, NIL deals go with you. I love DK, but just feel like he might be done with football after this season to focus on other things in family. I mean, DK could do anything he wants. I mean, mm-hmm. that kid could be, there's a lot of options for him in life. You know, he's a, he's a, he's smart and got, got a good thing. AJM says the fact there was one quarterback is probably why Muschamp thought he had to lie to McElwain. Again, I don't think it's fair to say he lied to him. There's too many variables. They did not know for sure that Jake was going to enroll early. They didn't. And trust me on this. I know a little bit about Jake Bentley and how this stuff evolved, right? Okay, uh, trust me. You know <laughs> that's not what went down. Now, I, you know, I I just don't feel like it was uh, it, it was a lie. I think that you know it was just one of those situations. Um, yeah, and honestly, true. a lie would have been to to for Jake to come in and start him from the start, and they didn't. They gave they gave Brandon six games. He was terrible. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they they didn't just overlook him uh, as much as his mother would have us all believe. Oh, his mom was ridiculous. I mean, it, it, that was a lie. I mean, she was just threw me under the bus, man, for no reason. 
Uh, it, it, so AJM2, you're you're wrong. I mean, he did not lie to Brandon McElroy. There was no lie. If he lied, then Brandon would have never started a game here. Okay. Pooh. Um. So drop that. <laughs> no, AJM2, he lied. JC. No, no, I know for a fact he didn't, because I know how the Jake Bentley thing went down. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> Check out who you're talking to here. And who we're talking about. <laughs> he did not lie. Well, on what planet is he a liar uh, if in December he's trying to get a kid to remain committed at quarterback? Didn't promise him he'd start. Just said he'd get a shot. You know, didn't promise him that. Uh, and then, you know, in March, Jake decides, oh, I want to, I definitely want to graduate early. Uh, so so that you're talking about two different – Brandon was already in school by the time Jake decided that. So there was no lie. I mean, people want to make stuff up about Will Muschamp all the time, and I'm sick of it. I mean, it, it's it say what you want about his coaching or whatever, but you know, calling him a liar and saying this, that, and the other. Uh, and I will say this, AJM two, you want to talk about lying? I can probably spit out like 20 different recruits, five different coaches <laughs> that, that have lied in recruiting. It's a, it's a, it is a, it is somewhere where you. You're not always told the truth or you're told a stretch of the truth, but that's just not a situation. That's not the situation. I'm saying he didn't have the full information when he said, well, what was that information that he didn't have? Was it Jake coming in? Because that wasn't decided yet. Trust me. I know. Craig says, speaking of father sons, why do you think we didn't get Byron as Bryson Nesbitt when his dad is an on-field reporter? I thought the same thing, Craig, and I thought maybe – should find a new on-field reporter. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Nothing against Jamar and Esmond. Uh, oh, I mean, do you think in Alabama, uh, you know, the, the, the sideline reporters – sideline reporter in Alabama now is Christian Millers. He didn't have kids. But you think the sideline reporter, if he had a, a four-star tight end, you know, uh, right there in Birmingham and – Kid goes to uh, Ole Miss or Auburn. That you know, I was keep this guy's the side. No, nah. I don't know. Now maybe not. Maybe not. Jafaller says, "Thank you, JC. I can't stand must champ fools. They're always wanting to blame him. Get over it." So Bryant says, "Is Hardesty moving the needle in recruiting at all? Hardly ever hear his name come up. Can we afford to keep him without making any impact?" Well, he got Dontavious Braswell, and then this kid from Birmingham. They're in on. Uh, I'm not saying he's recruiter of the year, and I'm certainly not saying there's not better out there. Uh, but he had, it's not like he's done nothing. Um, AGM2, look, man, the information he didn't have was that Bentley was coming. Yes, and I'm telling you that. No, I know for a fact that plan was not uh, in place until March. Trust me. You know, think about who the player we're talking about is. I know this. Where did I go to high school? I know this. Huh. Stop. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, Kyle, you're ruining Positive Friday, AJM2. Oh, come, come on, on man. man. Come on, brother. No. God, you're killing me, Smalls. Anyway, um, seems like Wright has more to do with Keith than Hardesty. Well, Jody does. Jody Wright recruits Alabama and Mississippi. So who knows? Uh, I just know this. You have to get recruiting out of the, the running backs position. It's not like it used to be, you know, you, at Carolina now, they basically just recruit their own position. But uh, 
I, um, you know, yeah, I, I do think they need better, you know, and, and yeah, look, Monterey Hardesty's missed out on some guys that I don't even care that, that they met. Like Ramon Brown last year, man, I'd rather have Christian Bill Smith and Lavasier Carroll, just to be <laughs> honest. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I was glad he got uh, Dontavious Braswell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quantrell Quant, 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 says, let's lighten the mood, beat Missouri. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, Phil, what's your score prediction, man? Because I got I to gotta update the uh, article. Oh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, hold on. I had it written down here. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? Hmm. I've wrestled with this one, man. I've got, I went, I got to that point where you're like, oh, we're going to beat the pants off of them. And then I'm like, eh, we haven't seen that yet. And, <laughs> but I'm going with 31 17 us. 31 17 Carolina says Phil. Yeah, 8 JM2. I'm giving you the factual information. Stop calling people liars. I have firsthand knowledge of this whole entire situation. Always have. Uh, and I'm telling you, you know, I mean, I just I don't think Brandon McElwain got lied to. I think his mama was a crazy person for coming after me and thinking he didn't get a fair shake. He simply was not good enough. Uh, and he got every shot, you know. I think McElwain's mother has taken over his account. 8JM2, is that 8J McElwain? So, anyway, just ah. chill, 8JM2, chill, man. You're going to yeah, be man. – you're probably going to be mad. Yeah, but, but Muschamp didn't mislead him. Yeah, that's the thing. You're not you're not listening. <laughs> but, uh, listen, 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 Linda, listen, Linda, honey. <laughs> there, there's this there's this little boy on Instagram that's arguing with his uh, with his mom or something. He calls oh, her by Linda. her first name. He's listen, Linda, Linda listen, Linda, listen, Linda, listen, Linda, Linda, listen. H man says, "Can we finally beat from Mizzou? Feels like forever." Look, man. I don't want to come in here next week. I mean, no, you want to talk about something I'm, I'll dread and, and talk about a four-game losing streak to Missouri. Yeah, uh, that's it. Would oh, gosh, angst and consternation. You want to you want to see angst and consternation? Lose on Saturday. <laughs> Gamecocks Daily says fifty-two seventeen. Gamecocks, he's fired. Ooh, is that Cra- is that Craig's burner account? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave Dorn's butt. <laughs> says 24 tonight, 24 to 9 Gamecocks, Dave from Raleigh. That's close to me. Uh, these have got to be coming from the I Help Insulting Mail. That is, it is yeah, on Twitter. Okay. So yeah. now I've got, um, uh, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got 21 10 Gamecocks, Phyllis 31 17. Uh, Chris Phillips from Spurs Up Show, if you follow him on Instagram and all that, I think he'll release his today. Yeah. Uh, on our website, Tony Morrell had 24-17 Gamecocks. Whittle and all those guys will have more uh, tomorrow. Yeah, big game. Mayor's Cup, chance to reverse the streak against Mizzou. It's um, the last monkey you got to shake off your back. Whew. From, uh, you know. from, a, from a Kentucky-Missouri standpoint. You yeah, know, yeah, that from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's uh, – that's good uh, with uh, with uh, it'll be a good deal. But I, I'll tell you this right now: they internally they're they know they know, they this, know. this is this is not something they're taking lightly. They know, man, we got to do it. Easy says thirty one thirteen Cox to follow <laughs> Phillies Astros. Who you got? I'm pulling for the Phillies. Can Although, they both lose? <laughs> if Dusty Baker won it, I wouldn't be sad for him, right? Yeah, I would. The Astros, if he didn't, 
just don't like the Astros. Me and it's not even because of the whole cheating scandal. I've just never have liked the Astros. <laughs> I, I like when Nolan Ryan played for them in, in the 80s and they played the Mets. Mm. They played in Astrodome. I sort of liked them. Yeah. But uh, I'm going with the Phillies. I know some people from Philadelphia. <laughs> Interesting. It's South Jersey, which is Philadelphia. So, uh, Oh, I watched the Phillies game in a bar in Philadelphia one time. You want to talk about some passionate fans. It was mid-season, too. I mean, and I don't even think they were in the running for anything. It's kind of like Chicago. I went uh, – I was in, in New York in December, and the Eagles played somebody, the Rams or somebody, and I was in a bar in New Jersey for that one. Hmm. Uh, and you think there would be a lot of Giants and Jets, but they have a bunch of Eagles fans in North Jersey, too. It, it got wild. It got mm-hmm. wild. So um, – that's the thing there. All right, we got to wrap it up. Everyone, please enjoy. John grew up just outside Philly in Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, awesome. oh. I've been to Wilmington. There's a lot of banks, banks there, too. Uh, I spent some years in the uh, Northern Virginia area. I know all about that little area there. Nice, nice. Right up the 95 corridor. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Mayor's Cup. Nice, perfect time for a kickoff. You can get there, get all liquored up, or whatever you do before the game. Uh, and leisurely walk in and still get home in time. Be careful. Uh, cheer loud. I think, uh, like I said, the atmosphere will make a difference in the game. Appreciate everybody here at Nana Sports Chat Box all week. I am consulting mailbag. All of our wonderful guests. Uh, we'll do it again on Monday inside the Game Cox the Show. Signing off. Have a great weekend.